You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Live Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. He satisfies my soul in drought is the title of this devotion. And this is a statement that I have here from the book of Isaiah in this incredible chapter 58. I find chapter 58. Okay, we're starting this devotion again. Sorry. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. He satisfies my soul in drought, is the title of this devotion. That is a statement that comes here from this incredible chapter 58 of the book of Isaiah. It really is a powerful chapter. I would encourage you just read that one chapter, chapter 58, and then you'll see the Holy Spirit has some really good advice for you there. But I want to pick it up from verse 10 and verse 11. It only has 14 verses, so it's not a long chapter. I mean, chapter 59, oh, chapter 60, 61, it's just all phenomenal. But listen, verse 10 of chapter 58. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought, the title of this devotion, and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. You see, friends, if you read the scriptures, you see wide communities withered away and became corrupt because there was not a river of generosity and kindness and goodness towards neighbors, towards people you would meet, towards anybody. You always can find a reason why you shouldn't help somebody who's in need. You're going to say, well, maybe they won't spend it right. You know, I gave some money to somebody recently who I know also can, and uh, let me just say it this way, and you know, I said, use it for the, the right things. He looked at me and said, yes, pastor. And I, I thought that's enough. I, it's no need for me to try to police him and what he's doing. But you know, I could have thought, well, you can't give it to him because he'll use it for the wrong thing. Oh, come on, folks. You ought to not let your generosity be blocked up by such judgments. You need to have that kind of generous heart that can bless people who don't deserve it. I sure don't deserve the blessings the Lord gives me through the people that He moves upon. I know it's not because of my goodness. It's absolute love of God when Virginia and I get blessed. And then we're always so tickled. We're so grateful. We're so happy when the Lord 
uses precious souls to bless us. And we want to be a channel of his blessing. The point I'm trying to make to you to begin with, when you extend your soul to the hungry, when you show generous kindness to others, graciousness to others, kindness to others, it opens the door to your life. As you open the door to others, the door is open to your life. That's really what the Lord is showing you. And then the Lord says, He will guide you, He will satisfy you, He will strengthen you, and you will become like a well-watered garden, like a spring of water, which waters do not fail. In other words, nourishment, provision, favor, blessings, they just keep coming. They just keep coming. It's just wonderful. Remember, and you know the story, when Jesus was going from Judea to Galilee, and he had to go through Samaria to be able to go there. The Jews of his days would go all the way through what now would be the Jor- would now be Jordan to just go around Samaria so they didn't have to go through it. The Jews had an, an terrible uh, history of animosity with the Samaritans and the Samaritans with the Jews. That went all the way back to the son of Solomon. And, and that, that was quite horrific, the history. Nobody could fix the animosity there. And, and it goes even much further back. It goes to the time where Jacob came from Mesopotamia back to his father Isaac and, and settled in a place called um, Sichem. And, and, and he dug a well there. And, and that took some six years because it was a hundred feet of granite and he dug a well there. And then his daughter Dana was abused by Sichem, the head of that town that was there. And then his son Simeon and Levi went in and murdered all the men in that city in a vengeful act against that, that evil that was committed against their sister Dana. And then, and then ugh, all that happened, you know, there is really interesting to know the history sometimes of places, why there is the, the dysfunction and the pain. And you could see how over the years that area of Samaria had gone through one ruling force after another ruling force. And it had been kind of like the woman at the well who had suffered five divorces and now was living with a man who was not her own. And Jesus went through instead of around. He went through. You know, if I can say this to you, sometimes our lives just happen to go through difficulties instead of over or around. We go through them. Don't ever miss an opportunity at times like that to extend your soul to somebody who's suffering, to somebody who embodies this pain of the community in which they live, who carries within them the burden of all the sorrows of the region in which they're brought up. Because this woman at the well in Samaria That was her condition. She embodied the sorrows of that region. And then Jesus is sitting at the well when she comes to draw water in the heat of the sun. 
And he says to the woman there in John chapter 4, could you give me, verse 7, something to drink? And the woman said to him in verse 9, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans? She didn't maybe know any Jews, but she knew the cultural issues. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked me. You would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. Again, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him. You would ask God. You were, if you would have already known what God has for you, you would have gone to him. You see, listen, dear friends, there's a lot of people, even in the Christian church, who don't personally, practically, experientially know what God has for them. Many people in church, they don't live in the experience of that living water. And much less not just talking about the drink, what about them experiencing the river, the fountains of living water that never dry? They don't even know what that means to live in the fullness of the Spirit and the power that is able to accomplish in us all God's goodwill and purpose. They don't know what it means. And Jesus said, if you would have known the gift that God has for you, you would ask him and he would have given you living water. So the Lord is opening up the channel to her by showing gracious kindness to this precious woman, right? And Jesus says to the woman, whoever drinks of this well, this water, shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. In other words, she still is thinking natural when Jesus is speaking spiritual. And Jesus then, trying to connect with her, says to her, Go, call your husband. And she says to him, I have no husband. And Jesus said... You have well said you have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your own, is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. Now listen. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that your prophet, our fathers, worship on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Okay? So, you see trying to show kindness to people doesn't mean it always is welcome. It doesn't mean that they just embrace you with open arms. Jesus is trying to show kindness to this woman to open up the channel of blessings in an obvious drought in her life where she has now suffered five divorces. I would consider that a painful drought where there's no happiness in marriage, no happiness. And he's trying to open up the channel to her, but he wasn't too welcome. You Jews, 
we Samaritans. You can see he was immediately using the cultural situations to protect herself from feeling threatened by him when he says, go get your husband. Oh, well, you've had five. And immediately she, she didn't like that. That was, that was making her feel too exposed. And so it's you Jews, us Samaritans. And what I love about the Lord that I want to encourage you and me with, don't ever be deterred when you're not immediately welcome. Don't be deterred. Don't be immediately, oh, oh, they don't want, I tried, they didn't want to know. Don't be like that, don't be like that in Jesus' name. No, it didn't deter Jesus. Look what the Lord said to her. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, yes, which you do not know. We worship, we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But listen, dear, the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship his spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming. Isn't that amazing? She was not a Jew. She didn't attend church, so to speak, but she knew. She knew the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. And when he comes, he'll tell us all things. And Jesus said, I who speak to you am he. And the door flew open. The living water flooded her soul. Oh, Maruka Shandaridia. I feel the life of God. I feel the love of my Father, God. I thought it would never come again. I thought I'd lost it forever. I didn't feel the river anymore. I didn't feel the love anymore. I didn't feel the goodness anymore. I've lived in a drought for so long. Oh, I'm so fed up of doing without. Now I feel the love again. I feel the life again. I feel the life again. Now, this is what the Lord has for you. So come on, dear friends. Let this encourage you. Let this show you. Can I give you one more example in closing? I know that goes on a bit, but, but can I just get your heart for one more moment, please? Because in John chapter 7, a couple of chapters on, Jesus is at the Feast of Tabernacles, which was an eight-day feast. And on the eighth day, according to years of tradition, the priest would take a golden urn from the altar and go to the pool of Siloam, the word means scent, and take some water from that pool and that pool represented the water that came out of the rock that followed them in the wilderness. That Paul also talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And he took some of that water out of that pool and poured it onto the altar while the people were singing Isaiah chapter 12. The Lord is no longer angry with us. With joy, we can now draw water from the well of salvation. They were singing this. And they've been doing it every year. So they were in a prophetic act, right? That's what this was, a prophetic act in anticipation of them beginning to experience the life-giving waters that flow from the throne of God. 
that Ezekiel promised them. And here they were in the prophetic act. And while they're in the prophetic act in chapter 7 of John, verse 37, Jesus cries out with a loud voice. It says, um, yeah, and Jesus stood, stood and cried out with saying, cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And the river, it's what I'm talking about, where the waters never fail, where the nourishment of his life-giving spirit is so good to you. Oh, where no matter if you're in a time of drought, you're satisfied from above. You are so fulfilled in God. You can have a, set, a drought of love and affection. You can have a drought of finances. You can have a drought of relationships or whatever it might be of ministry. But yet you are so satisfied. You're so happy. And this is what Jesus was saying. If you want this, come to me, come, right? The next morning, Jesus is in the temple teaching and a woman caught in the act of adultery is thrown before him. And he wouldn't respond to the accusers that said the law of Moses said we should stone her. What do you see? And he was writing in the dust like Jeremiah talks about in chapter 17, verse 13. And, and he didn't respond. And then he said, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Remember that? And nobody dared to cast the first stone because all were convicted that they did needed forgiveness. So the woman walked away forgiven. Then Jesus said to her, go and sin no more. <coughs> and then he turned to all of those who couldn't stone her because they were actually no better than her and offered them freedom from their sin. And instead of them acknowledging they needed it just as much as the woman, they picked up stones to Jesus to stone Jesus. And Jesus walked out of the temple and there was a blind man born blind. And the disciples said, Lord, was this man born blind because of his sin or his parents? And Jesus said, don't think this way. This is so you may see the power of God. And he put clay in his mouth which, and, and uh, on his eyes and sent him to the pillar of Cinnabon to wash from which they took the water the day before and he came back seeing. Now, I know I'm doing this quickly, but what I want you to see is that Jesus opened the door of kindness to the woman caught in adultery, to the people who wanted to stone her, to the man born blind, and the water never failed. You see, even though he was thrown out of the temple by them wanting to stone him, the water didn't fail. Any of us can go through times that you go, I don't get this, Lord. I, I, I thought, Finally, we've broken through. Finally, the power's come. Finally, the success has come. <laughs> and I get this horrible setback. I don't know what to believe anymore. You just keep going. You just keep going. Don't be deterred. Come on. Keep going. Keep loving. Keep blessing. Keep giving. And the waters will never, ever fail. Amen? Have a good day.